Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Back here on Sports Talk on the Big 870, Mike to tell you along with Charlie Long. And on our Oakland Heart Jewelers talk and text line from Football, Brooke Kershaw for Brooke, thanks so much for joining us. And this just popped into my head because I know you know this coming Saturday. Nickel State plays Lamar, and there's a lot at stake. (laughs) And I'll never forget, first time you and I meet, okay, we doing an interview, and we on the soccer field at Nichols. And Brooke tells me, Mike, I played on this soccer field because Brooke was at Lamar. And so what we had to beat that day, people passing, they blowing the damn horn all the time. We're trying to do an interview and they got, you would figure, uh, quite a number of people that knew I was there and they blowing the horn. We're trying to do an interview. But Brooke kind of, I didn't know that, that you had went to Lamar and played soccer. But you're like, I played on this field already. Uh, So I hope the fields are better. But Saturday, a lot on the line when Nichols plays Lamar. Oh, yes. A lot is on the line. I do not miss playing on those Nichols State fields, though, because for some reason it always rained, and we always were playing in, like, just high water, could barely kick a ball around, but obviously you, you wouldn't have to worry about that this year. No. You wouldn't have no. to worry about that this year, Brooke. <laughs> <laughs> the, the way the drought's been. Now, we may get some rain the next know, couple of days, but it's been crazy. Brooke, uh, your thoughts on the Saints over the last few weeks? We see better play along the offensive line, especially since yeah. Andrews Pete's been moved to the left tackle position. Now Hurst goes back to, I think, the more natural spot for him, left guard. You got a healthier Derek Carr now in the lineup. Then, you know, again, uh, you can question all that in, in playing him. When you knew that that shoulder was given him issues the defense though has been erratic to me that's the one thing this team had always sort of built a reputation on stopping the run now you got quarterbacks running on you uh so that's got to be something you have to be cognizant of going up against josh because of the fact dobbs as reputation is man if my first guy ain't open i'm taking off running with it i ain't got nothing to lose at this stage and he really made it work last week. He was the leading rusher for the Vikings. Your thoughts on you got to be able to do a better job in the first half stopping the run. But the fact that offensively you've gotten better up front, which was a major, major issue early in this year. Yeah, you know, Mike, it's really been a double-edged sword with the way this front has played mobile quarterbacks or at least quarterbacks who aren't necessarily – 
seen as mobile quarterbacks, but they have the ability to make plays with their feet. We've continued talking with the defensive linemen, specifically guys on the edge, about why this has been an issue. And a lot of them were saying, look, this is a situation where sometimes they're told to just sit back and just not allow this quarterback to get out of the pocket. And then once he does move out, it's then who's the second line of defense there. And so you have these defensive ends who are in the mindset that they just want to pressure, they just want to get to the quarterback right away. But that's not the defense that they've been playing. And so when you hear from these guys that it's like, yes, we're kind of holding and letting, sorry, airplanes going over right now, holding. They're, they're just trying to keep these quarterbacks contained in the pocket but once the quarterback goes up, sees he doesn't have his first read, he's taking off. And that's where you kind of see one of the four guys on the defensive line that are leaving that hole open. Gap integrity is something they continue to talk about. Here's a stat that's really, really surprising. The Saints have allowed 243 rushing yards on 43 carries quarterbacks alone. That's third most yards in the NFL, most yards per carry in the NFL. It has continued to be an issue for the Saints, these mobile quarterbacks. And look, Josh Jobs, Josh Dobbs is really the first quarterback that they are facing who is a true threat uh, on the ground as well as in the air. He is a true mobile quarterback. The good news is doesn't look like you'll have to go up against Justin Jefferson and your two other receivers for the Vikings, uh, K.J. Osborne, uh, who had a concussion against Atlanta. He was limited today. Uh, he, so uh, that normally is a trend that he's probably, at least he's got better than a 50-50 chance to play. T.J. Hawkinson's dealt with the ribs, oblique injury. Other thing, the Saints have had some difficulties going up against these real tall tight ends. You saw what Cole Komet did last week. Mm-hmm. Uh, if I'm Josh, hey, I'm throwing it up. TJ, go get it. Uh, that's not, there's nobody there that's going to match up with his six foot five and a half frame. That might be the case, but when you look at takeaways, I'm not so sure any quarterback is comfortable daring this Saints secondary. Look, you have. Five takeaways in a game. Paulson Adebo is playing at his best right now with two interceptions. Then, of course, he had the forced fumble and force and fumble recovery. He was the NFC Defensive Player of the Week, and rightfully so. Look, this secondary has really been the bread and butter right now of this defense. When you've typically seen a Saints defense from top to bottom over the last five years, that's been very, very good. Now. You've got questions with the run defense in the front seven. Demario Davis is still playing with a knee injury. But if you're going to attack this defense in any way, to me, it's on those short passes, checking it down, or even letting Josh Jobs try and do things with his legs. Because right now, this secondary is playing so well. You better make sure you've got a clear shot or it's an opportunity for the Saints to continue to pile on with the interception numbers. And I believe the Saints are have the most passes defended right now yes. in the NFL up to this point in the season. I mean, they are just playing lights out. One of the things with Paulson Adebo, Bob and I did the interview, you know, after they, they go to practice and all, we were talking to him. And you could see he was upset, Brooke, that he's had his hands on passes, but he didn't come up with the interception. And it's sort of aggravating. Okay, he's a former wideout uh, in high school in Texas. And, you know, and he said, no, if my hands is not bad. It's just that I couldn't come up with him. But last week, that was as good a game as I've ever seen a Saints cornerback play. 
to be honest with yeah. you. In all my yeah, time, that absolutely. was as good as you'll find with Paulson Adebo did. And look, you know, Mike, I think he's had this in him for the last two years. Unfortunately, last year, he was somebody that we were giving out training camp MVPs to. And then, of course, he suffers the injury. And look, the Saints just had a bad season last year. And Paulson Adebo, you didn't have to throw him into games. They were a lot able to kind of let him heal that injury up. But when he came back, you know, he just wasn't himself. Look, that happens when these cornerbacks go down with injury. But now that he had the full offseason to be healthy, we're really starting to see the potential that the Saints saw with him. But I have to give some credit to the hires that Dennis Allen made in the offseason. How many people were ready to fire Dennis Allen because he let go of Chris Richard? Well, look at what Joe Woods and Marcus Robertson have done with this secondary. They've been able to bring Elante Taylor on into a slot cornerback role that he has been able to really make his own. He's earned that starting spot. Paulson Adebo's playing his best football that we have seen. Marshawn Lattimore continues to be locked down. Marcus May and Tyron Matthew have been, up to this point, good enough for the defense to win games and keep teams, for the most part, out of it, allowing the defense opportunities, getting the ball back to them. I mean, the work that they have done, and it's so funny, we had a chance to talk with Tyron Matthew today about what Joe Woods and Marcus Robertson have done for this defense. Marcus Robertson, he said they're completely different. Joe Woods is all about fundamentals and do it in the right way, meticulous. They said it kind of gets a little bit, you know, overdone each week when you're taught the same thing. And then you have Marcus Robertson who's like, see ball, get ball. So the fact that these two guys have been able to work so well and gel with some veterans, also some young guys, to me, that's really been the secret sauce to why the defense and the secondary specifically have been so successful. So, Brooke, here's some stats about the secondary. You've been kind of hinting at it. There's the numbers right here. New Orleans leads the NFL with 62 passes defended uh, this season. The first team was 60 or more in the first nine games of the season since 2013. Kansas City that year had 64 and Denver had 63. And then Paulson Adebo with 11, Marshawn Lattimore with 8, and Elante Taylor with 8 are the only trio of teammates, each with 8 passes defended this season. I was going to say that for triple option, but you had brought it up, and I want to kind of just highlight <laughs> oh, that. Oh, well. But we'll looking, have to figure yeah. something yeah. No, I'll, I'll go find another really cool <laughs> stat. I thought that was a really fun one. But looking specifically at this defense versus Minnesota's offense, Mike and I have talked about this. They have a really elite tackle tandem between Christian Darisaw and then Brian O'Neill. Darisaw has been limited throughout the first two days with practice, with an injury. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think we kind of both expect him to play. At the same time, you're looking at this matchup between the Saints defensive front uh, that's going to have to try and be able to get some kind of pressure on Dobbs to make those lollipop throws to where you can get yeah. passes defended, maybe even interceptions, because you're leading the NFL in interceptions, as you had said, with 12. So, I mean, if you're looking at the matchup between the tackle tandem versus, you know, Cam Jordan and Carl Granderson, what's kind of your thoughts on that matchup? Darisol can play now. Man, uh, Brooke, I'm telling you, before he got hurt, he he was playing as well as any left tackle in the NFL. Yeah. He really was. I agree with you. I agree with you. No matter who the Saints had next, this defensive line is ready to finally prove and kind of shut people up. They hate They've been getting badgered week after week, and rightfully so, about the run defense and not being able to contain quarterbacks, giving up chunk plays. They're over it. This is like the third time we've talked to Cam Jordan about it. We talked with Malcolm Roach about it. We even talked with Carl Granderson, some of the other guys that are in the locker room. This is the get-back game this defensive line is trying to have, and they have an opportunity to do it against the Minnesota Vikings. Look, the gift 
for the defense as a whole, more so for the secondary, is that Justin Jefferson is likely not going to play. I mean, that is somebody who can literally flip the, flip a game for you. Burn the last time they played. When he's in there. Absolutely. Oh, oh, I remember the pictures and, and the things that were said on social media between Marshawn Lattimore and Justin <laughs> Jefferson. That is a matchup Marshawn was certainly wanting this week. But look, is it going to be a tough test? Absolutely against those tackles. But to me, this defense has so much to prove, specifically the front seven. I could see a game where they finally get back on track and are able to put it together because this is something they were talking about even today as we were talking with uh, defensive coordinator Joe Woods on how you stop Josh Dobbs. He said, look, he had the design quarterback runs in Pittsburgh. Getting him down is going to be a problem, but he said you just have to attack him in different ways. you got to mix in what they're doing as far as the different packages. They have to have different packages when facing a mobile quarterback. And the biggest thing, clean up the rush lanes. You cannot have sloppy rush lanes, especially against Josh Dobbs. It's been a key emphasis specifically this week, and they want to get it corrected just from the numbers of how they have struggled against quarterbacks, specifically in the last two games with Bajent as well as Lawrence. Both had over 55 rushing yards. You can't allow that, especially Trevor Lawrence, who isn't necessarily a mobile quarterback, and we're still trying to figure out who Tyson Bajan is. You know Josh Jobs is a mobile quarterback. The focus now is making sure he doesn't have these big runs. Brooke, uh, one of the guys in training camp, especially on offense, every day we took a note on him, Jawan Johnson. Then all of a sudden he gets hurt, and he was like in the witness protection agency. We, you know, you didn't see him or hear anything. And then finally comes back, and you saw last week him getting much more involved in the offense. Where do you think this grows with with Juwan? Because I think that element uh, for any quarterback, I know even talking to Peyton Manning, Eli Manning, they always bring up the tight end as the security blanket. Uh, for them in any kind of down and distance situation. Juwan is a interesting guy because he's not the biggest guy around. He's really a, a big receiver playing tight end, bottom mm-hmm. line with it. Where do you see his role here expanding more now that he's healthy? You hope it expands past just blocking. I mean, unfortunately, that's all the tight ends did for the first four to five weeks of the season because of the nature of the injuries and trying to figure out Who's going to be at left tackle? There was a lot of jumbo packages where you had a tight end there to kind of help with blocking. Now you've seemingly kind of figured out that issue with Andres Pete now starting at left tackle. Jawan Johnson is healthy now. But the biggest problem with trying to get Jawan Johnson the football is sharing the wealth. We didn't even see Michael Thomas have a catch last week. He was only targeted once. Elvin Kamara, Taysom Hill, Chris Olave, Rashid Shaheed. These are all guys who are kind of taking up the majority of the touches. And look, we'll see if they design or dial some things up for Jawan Johnson. Why would you not, especially if he is healthy and that big body going up against any of these Viking defenders, you would think he would have some success. But look, it's just that part of the season where Derek Carr is still trying to figure out his identity within this offense. The offense hasn't put together four quarters of just really, really solid play. They only played well for one half last week. So if you play four quarters of football, then maybe you get tight end Juwan Johnson involved. But to me, the strength for Derek Carr has been Rashid Sheed, Chris Olave, Alvin Kamara, Taysom Hill, and Michael Thomas here and there. I think 
They're actually going to be dialing up more things for Alvin Kamara and Michael Thomas based on what I'm hearing this week. Kind of looking at this matchup, specifically the offense versus Minnesota's defense, every time I look at just previewing an opponent, I look at different numbers of the opposing defense, and Minnesota is just very much middle of the pack in almost like and every, almost every yeah, and almost every stat you'll yeah. look at, like points per game allowed, like even passing yards given up. And if you look at their you know defensive depth chart, the one name that really really stands out, Daniel Hunter, <laughs> a former LSU guy that's just mm-hmm. exploded in the NFL, and he's just been a double digit sack guy for multiple years now. He's already got ten and nine games a season. Uh, he's a guy that's looking to get paid. But just looking at that matchup, but Daniel Hunter versus the Saints improved offensive line, trying to slow him down because you know the pass protection has been better from the Saints in the last few weeks, and that has contributed to the offensive improvement. But slowing him down is going to be a, a hard task for sure. So the reason why there's been improvement with the offensive line and pass protection and things of that nature, Derek Carr is getting rid of the ball a lot faster if you look at some of the stats and just how quickly he's getting the ball out of his hands. We asked him, hey, do you feel like you – we're clicking, you know, a couple weeks ago when they beat the Colts. We asked him if he was playing faster. He said he didn't think he was. But when you actually go back and look at how quickly he was getting rid of the ball, that obviously is going to help the offensive line. And then that's what we saw last week as well, Derek Carr getting rid of the ball very quickly. If he continues to do that, it doesn't matter who you are on the opposite of the field. If you don't have enough time to get there, you can't make a play. So as long as Derek Carr kind of keeps that tempo The Saints are continually trying to figure out ways to add two-minute drill, no huddle, hurry up, throughout the flow of a game, which you can do. It doesn't just have to be in those two-minute scenarios. And it seems like that's where the Saints have been able to get into a rhythm and find some success when they go up to the line of scrimmage with two or three plays already ready to go. I think that's more or less what we are going to continue to see because it's what has worked so far for Derek Carr. So why would you go away from it? Brooke, uh, last question. It would be about Blake Groupie. Uh, I think when you made that decision to hand him the baton, so to speak, mm-hmm. I, I think you basically told him, hey, listen, we're, we're going to give you some leeway. Uh, now, there's a certain extent about that leeway, but we're going to give you some leeway here, understanding him coming into the league. Um, is that your thoughts, too? Because I think this team, that you didn't bring in another kicker, kind of tells you they got still a lot of confidence in him as a place kicker. They really do. We had a chance to talk with Darren Rizzi today, the Saints special teams coach, and he said, look, stay the course and stay off social media. It's a lot different for <laughs> these younger kickers who have – come into the league who are younger, who are involved in social media. A lot of these veteran kickers who go into a slump, it's not so much of a big deal when they have a slump because they're more proven. And look, when you replace a guy like Will Lutz, who is having a good year, you're going to hear about it. But look, they believe in Blake Rupi. They think he is their guy. Doesn't sound like they are going to be making any moves. The only really position on special teams that I'd pay attention to is punter. Just because it looked like some of the operations, and the operation is, of course, as you guys know, for people who are listening that don't know what that means, the punter <laughs> executing the snap and putting it perfectly, that operation, that's been kind of the concern. If you saw Blake Krupe, it looked like he kicked Lou Headley's hand because he wasn't able to get the ball where it needed to be in that operation for one of the field goals that they missed. So, I mean, when you have that going on, of course it's going to be hard to make all your field goals when you're still trying to gel as a unit of three. The long snapper, you have a rookie holder who is your rookie punter and a rookie kicker. Like, all of that coming together, it's going to take a little bit to gel. And when you're not having getting a perfect hold, 
yes, you are a professional kicker and you should be making your kicks, but man, it's really, really hard to make some of these 40 plus yard field goals when your holder isn't putting the ball where it needs to be. Brooke, thanks so much for joining us this afternoon. Always great. And, uh, you know, uh, I think you wanted the best, gal. So uh, we appreciate your time. Thanks, Brooke. Thanks, guys. Thanks so much for having me on. Always, always enjoy talking with you guys. All right. Brooke Kershoffer, who works now for New Orleans.Football. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.